and um, his grace. And la- la- yes, last week we talked about his common grace, or really his patience. God has restrained sin; He restrains His wrath. Uh, he gives temporal blessings to all. Um, he He leads unrepentant, unregenerate people to do good, uh, and uh, unregenerate people already know the truth, and they have the blessings and convictions of the Holy Spirit. Um, there is a common grace that we all experience, and we're going to continue from there. Uh, of course, we're working off John Frame's systematic theology, and uh, just want to give credit for the outline that we're using. Uh, I want to talk about his covenant. Well, that's all dented in. His covenant. Love. And this is going to be a little different in how we read because there is a specific connotation to a specific word. Uh, the Hebrew word is has said. And uh, the Greek word is Elias, and they have a, some, a specific connotation. Uh, in our King James, we usually translate this word mercy. So we'll talk about the mercy of God the covenant love of God. Now, Psalm 136 is a good example of how this, is, how this word is used. Let's just read a few verses and you'll get an idea of the cadence of this psalm. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. So we have the covenant name Yahweh there. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. And now we see the the interjection of his goodness. This, by the way, well, never mind. Uh, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, and for his mercy endureth, endures forever. To him that stretched out the earth, and he goes on, and we're getting the cadence of it. But this idea of his mercy. Now that word translated mercy here in all uh, 26 verses, as it's repeated over and over and over again, for his mercy endures forever, is that word has said, and of course the New Testament equivalent of this word, Elias, uh, just one example of many, could be given, Ephesians chapter 2, where it says, for, says in verse 4, after it talks about our deadness and sins, uh, our 
past conversation, how we walked according to the course of this world, how we were children of wrath even as others in verse 3, then in verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for the great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins, quickened us together with him. So mercy that is, that is built on love is what we're looking at here when we're looking at this idea of mercy. And of course it gives us that in that very context. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Loved who? Us that are saved. <laughs> uh, going back to chapter 1, the elect. His love for his people he loved. So, in the King James, it's usually translated mercy. There are others that, others that have translated this word, and it's not a bad translation of the word. Uh, loving kindness. Uh, and there is, one, there is one translator that even would call this his steadfast love. I can spell that out and you can still read it. His steadfast love. That's this idea here. And this is this is not this is this is more than just a connotation of God showing kindness, showing goodness to someone who is in misery. That's usually the idea we have of mercy. And there is a truth to that. Um, he had mercy on the on on certain people who were in a pitiful condition. And, and, and the condition to which we are in is part of that understanding of his mercy. Uh, we, especially there in, with Elias in, uh, in Ephesians 2, uh, we were in this terrible condition of deadness of sins and wicked conversations in the world, but he had mercy because of his love. Um, so... So some would even try to say, try to talk about this, uh, and I, I think it's an element to which we can add. This is uh, loyalty, the loyalty of God to His love, to the objects of His love, is the spring from which He has mercy. Uh, loyalty, or another word that we could use, is His. Faithfulness. Faithful is God. That's another way of talking about this very same attribute. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you were able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. So that, 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 that is the connotation, if you will, to the words that are here being used in the scripture. And, and despite the difficulty of translation, uh, it represents probably one of the most important attributes. In fact, in the Old Testament, hesed is used 245 times to describe God. It is a huge uh, declaration or, or attribution that is given to God, that God is merciful and we can go all kinds of places and talk about that very thing he is merciful turn if you will to exodus 34 um, 
Hesed is part of the definitive exposition, uh, says frame here, uh, that is given to the name Yahweh. This is how Yahweh, this is how the God of the Scriptures describes Himself. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed... What's he proclaim? This is a very interesting, uh, is a very interesting uh, text. He proclaimed himself. He says, the Lord... Or he, so God speaks and he says, Yahweh. Uh, Yahweh Elohim. The Lord, the Lord God. And then he begins to attribute these truths about himself. He is the Lord. He is the Lord God. He is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundance in goodness and truth. And then notice in verse 7, in our King James, this is very interesting. He says, keeping mercy. Keeping mercy. This is an interesting way to talk about it, but it's getting at the heart of what we're talking about. Keeping mercy. For thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sins, and so on. And then he goes on, no means clearing the guilty. So, no means clearing those that are outside of his grace. So, he declares these things about himself. So, it's very important for us to see this. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 And we're going to come back to this idea of him keeping mercy. Because that is covenant. That's where we're getting this covenantal language. Why is he merciful to us? We're going back to the New Testament. He is for his abundant mercy because of the great love wherewith he loved us. This, This idea that he has entered into a covenant relationship with those that are saved. And because of that, as part of that covenant relationship, he is keeping mercy. That I, I, I know this is not the. I, I know that we've ran over portions of scripture like this where we've seen that language, and we brought, we go over it quickly and not thinking about what it means. He is merciful, and he is towards his people, keeping that mercy, as if as if to say that mercy was the exercise of his promises toward us. So Deuteronomy, uh, uh, we, we, have, we have this very thing in Deuteronomy chapter 7 again. Uh, now, the re- reading the Bible is not a dry exercise when we start unpacking some of the meaning of the terms uh, they, they really come alive to us. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Uh, know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful, which keeps covenant and mercy, keeps covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Again in verse 12. Wherefore it shall come to pass... If ye hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy. Keep the covenant and keep the mercy which he sware unto your 
fathers. So this covenant language involves him keeping mercy. Keeping it for who again? His people. The ones that he loves. The ones he has set his love upon. God is a merciful God. He, even in our pitiful states, exercises his mercy in keeping his promises towards us. That's a wonderful thought. Uh, this idea, we are introduced here in, in Deuteronomy 7 to this connection between love, the same, thing, same connection we just saw in Ephesians 2, and mercy. That these are ideas that are connected with the faithfulness and loyalty of God towards those He has promised or covenanted with. So that's the idea. Now, now the different uses for the word uh, David, and this doesn't even set aside the fact that we are that we could possibly be guilty of sin. Um, we again are seeing there in Ephesians two the the deadness of our condition, the ter the terribleness of our conversation uh, was was part. It doesn't set aside the idea that he judges. Think of the use of David. David used the word said when he was talking with Jonathan. He says, you showed me kindness. You showed me mercy, Jonathan. Uh, uh, for you brought me into a covenant with, me, with you before the Lord. So you showed me this great kindness. And this idea is, is God could have, or... Uh, or Jonathan could have treated David differently. And he's praising him for showing Hesed, for showing mercy in keeping his covenant. Why? Because at this point David was a criminal or called a criminal and was and had a and ha, and had a death penalty hanging over him uh, from his father Saul. And instead Jonathan showed has said he showed mercy, he showed kindness, he showed goodness in connection with his covenant, in the keeping of his covenant. So there's a close connection. Uh, also, we've seen this language, as I've sworn to your fathers. We've seen that this is connected with what God has said he would do, what he freely said he would do. So we, we, we have this idea of covenant loyalty that is wrapped up in this word mercy so there's a lot more there than just showing pity or showing compassion there is god keeping his word in giving kindness to us even in our pitiful conditions it's a wonderful key is keeping mercy for thousands forgiving them their sins that's the formula there in exodus 34 keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving them we saw we saw this as God keeping his stipulations, but we don't want to necessarily see this as well. God is simply keeping his covenant with people. We go back to the Caesarean Treaty idea that was foremost in the, in the people's minds uh, when they understood God keeping, making a covenant with them. They knew what that meant because here's this great king and he brings this vassal under him. He names himself the great king. He gives the historical 
prologue of the past blessings. He sets, aside, he sets in these stipulations, these laws, these obligations in specific detail, sanctions and continuity, how the government... And that's how they read the covenant of Moses as well because that was their understanding and their culture. So, but this is more than simply uh, a great king... Uh, to one of his vassals uh, defending them and showing mercy when they are about to be destroyed uh, or something to that effect. Because the heart of the matter is more like a covenant of marriage. Uh, Ezekiel for 16 talks about this great covenant of marriage that he had with, um, with Israel and how even in even in Israel's idolatry, he showed mercy in keeping his covenant. Uh, the, same, the same imagery is brought to us. So we're talking about maybe the covenantal love of marriage in keeping mercy. After all, when someone gets married, they stand up and they say, for better or for worse. <laughs> Uh, so that, that, that's, that, that, this is that worst side of it where this idea of keeping mercy is brought forth first, forefront to the forefront of this relationship. Think about the story of Hosea. Take you a woman to be your wife. What kind of woman, Lord? Well, <laughs> a terrible woman. <laughs> uh, take this terrible woman to be your wife. Okay, so he takes her to wife, has some children with her, and then she continues to live on in her terrible sins uh, and ends up sold on the block for slavery, not by Hosea, but due to her following her sins. And then we have that covenantal language. Look at that covenantal language in Hosea chapter 3. Hosea, Joel, Amos. So right after Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. So Hosea chapter 3, we have this wonderful then the Lord said unto me, Get yet a woman, go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. And then it says, and then Hosea said, So I bought her. Because of her sins, she was now in chains of slavery. Pitiful condition, right? So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for a homer of barley and a half a homer of barley and I said unto her thou shalt abide for me many days thou shalt not play the harlot thou shalt not be for another man so will I also be for thee and we see the covenantal language that Hosea again enters into with Gomer this is the penitent this is the pinnacle of this idea keeping mercy and that's exactly what God, in His grace, in His mercy, is doing for us. Um, so, in the Scriptures, uh, we, we have this description of the loyalty of God, uh, that God is faithful. You and I are still saved, not because we're good. Amen? Or worthy of salvation. We're saved because we have a God that keeps mercy for us. It's part of His covenant with His people. Um, the, the, uh, the terms such as truth and faithfulness are often connected uh, 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 to the use of this word, and you're always going to find these words in connection with the, with the use of mercy somewhere within the context. Um, 
God's love initiated His covenant. There are two. There, there, there is there is the word in the Greek, or not the Greek, but in the Hebrew, ahaba, that refers to love. And there is a said that refers to mercy. And places like Deuteronomy chapter seven that you read, we see these uh, these used in tandem, one with another. Uh, one would think one would approach these texts like this and say, God's ahaba, God's love, creates the relationship with us. His hesed or His mercy fulfills or completes it. We are saved by His mercy, His continuing mercies that He is giving us on a daily basis. And that is in keeping with His love. That is how His love is kept, is by the mechanism of His mercy. God has to be merciful because I'm, I'm still His child despite, despite how bad I am. And that is the that we, we can praise him, and we just read that psalm, Psalm 136, where repeatedly, God, pray, God is good, for His mercy endures forever. For His mercy endures forever. For His mercy endures forever. So He, in, He, in essence, uh, has has uh, through mercy kept us. Um, we, we see this. Uh, Connection with love and mercy is just everywhere in the scriptures. Another place is Jeremiah 31, 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love, ahaba, love. I have drawn you with loving kindness, said mercy. That, that's the, so, so these concepts are connected, forever connected, when we're using and running into these words. Uh, various... Various uh, places. I'm just going to read some of these. Uh, uh, Psalm 125. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love, said, and faithfulness. Uh, mercy for those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. God is sovereign over His mercy. He doesn't have to show mercy uh, any more than Homer or, or Gomer had to be bought from Hosea back from the auction block, the slave, the slave auction block. Amen. He would have been perfectly within his rights to not show mercy, um, and that that's so in our Christian life. God, we don't presume on His mercy. He shows mercy to whom He will show mercy. He's sovereign over this. Um, he has chosen in keeping mercy to keep His covenant despite our breaking His covenant. Right? We're not saved because we kept every command that God gave uh, there there is no room for legalism here uh, we have to be honest with ourselves I don't deserve God's mercy he's a sovereign over his mercy but he has revealed that he is faithful not that we are faithful that he is faithful and that's that's the idea that's being tied up here in this Hesed, 
So he is sovereign over this, but it is based upon his covenant word. What God has said, he will bring to pass. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with mercy I have drawn you. That's A.T. R.T. France said this, It is love, ahaba, that launches a marriage, but it is hesed that makes a go of it. And that's what God is doing in the exercise of His mercy. Everything about the keeping of my relationship with God is based on His mercy. How many times have you stumbled this week? How many times have you fell this week? Uh, too many? All right. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to convict you. I'm just tired of convicting myself. I want to I point this conviction outward. How many times? I'm not, don't, don't answer. It's rhetorical. Just answer between you and God. You're here because of His mercy. His love entered into the relationship with you through the reconciliation of Christ. His mercy has kept that relationship. We can't forget that. Uh, Psalm 36, if you, if you will. Psalm 136. No, not 136, Psalm 36. I'm sorry, I got caught up in the seeing who messaged me. Um, Psalm 36. Let's just read 5 through 10. How great is His mercy. Thy mercy, O Lord... Again, the covenant name, Yahweh. That's all caps in your English, English, in your English Bible. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like a great mountain. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preserves, thou, you preserve man and beast. How excellent is your loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with fatness of the house, and thou shalt make them drink of the rivers of pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto the right in heart. What do we see here? We see the fact that that uh, His mercies are overflowing even to the created world. Um, to a certain extent, just like we said with goodness, just like we said with love, we weren't necessarily able to say it with grace, but there is a sense of common grace. But here we see it again with mercies. It's universal, and that doesn't mean everyone's going to be saved. But, but God has a covenant with creation. And the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God, and one day that will happen where the groaning and, and, and 
and pain of the creature will come to an end as well. So his mercy uh, spills over. Uh, There is a sense that God is being merciful to everything within his creation right now, but not in the sense that we're talking about here. So there is a greatness of his mercy that, that all, to a certain extent, understand and experience. So, uh, I don't know if I should stop there or go on. We, uh, j- j- just to touch on a couple things, because we're going to move on out of this, um, just in the next five minutes, we, we talked about his covenant love, which, is, which was defined as mercy. We also have his compassion. Uh, and I've, there, there are various words that could be used here, but, but uh, he is compassionate towards us. Uh, we don't, I'm afraid we can sometimes look at something like this and we we'll say, well, God's just simply keeping his promises if it's an empty thing. But he is actually moved with compassion towards us, those that are his. Um, uh, we saw that with Christ. He was moved with compassion so many times because they were as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, uh, like, a, like a father he is, he pities his children, Psalm 103, things of that nature. He is actually, we, we have a God that is passionate <laughs> about those that are his. Uh, the, we can get ourselves in trouble sometimes throwing around theological terms like impassibility. Uh, this idea that God is completely without passions. That's not so. Love is a passion, for instance. But he is compassionate. He, he is passionate, but not passable. That means he's not ruled by his emotions in the sense that you and I are. I get mad and I fly off the handle. I, uh, I, wa- I watch him. I, I get down and depressed when I see something sad, you know, just I'm, I'm, I'm affected by it. But God is, God's, God is not like that. Is, but he is indeed moved with compassion towards those. He is merciful and gracious. There's enough, another use of the word mercy there is to talk about his, his compassion towards uh, those that are his. And I may, I, I'm going to go back and just, hit that again next week because I think I'll stop there. I don't want to just run over these terms without giving them a full look at. But today I just want us to walk away just thinking about his covenant love in this captured, at least in the King James English here, in this term mercy. He is keeping mercy for us and how how grateful we are to that. Any questions, complaints, or grievances? All the ladies just left us and there's nothing but men up here. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we had read. He says, "Go take a take a wife of, uh, go buy her." It says when she was uh, through her sin had ended up in great trouble, um, and he and he immediately made the context because this is what I'd have done and continue to do for Israel, who have run after other gods, and have run after pleasures and have done those things, and I just like I am asking you to do, show mercy.
Well, it's merciful in the fact that he will not allow us to, first of all, if you're talking about his, his children, uh, his elect, those that are saved, um, it's merciful that he will not allow us to continue on in, in that which is ultimately harmful for us. It will be like, me, it's like, like saying me letting Eli run towards that road out there is me being merciful. And, and instead of me stopping Eli and giving him a swift spanking and, and telling him no, uh, there, there's mercy in correction, and there always is. That's why it says he, chasta, he chastens every son that he receives. But as far as, as, far as uh, the lost world and the judgment upon sin, um, their experience is, the fact that they're drawing breath is experiencing mercy. It doesn't preclude his judgment any more than it precluded the right of judgment um, that Hosea could have had um, to, to cease giving that. Uh, God has not covenanted mercy with those that do not know him. He is not keeping mercy with those that hate him. Um, and, and, and only if we fall into this idea of universalism do we say that God must. God cannot judge because God is merciful. Uh, we're, 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 we're inserting things about his mercy that he has not revealed, uh, if that makes sense. What... So I mean, he's he's not he's not revealed that he's ever, ever going to set aside his ultimate judgment against those that hate him. He's keeping mercy with those that love him, <laughs> and are loved of him in the sense in the ultimate sense, not just the experience of love like God generally loves the world, uh, but in the experience of this covenantal love that he has with those uh, that are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of identifying our, whether or not we're among those that love him. <laughs> so um, That's not legalism. That's just saying if we love him, we want to please him. Anything else? We've got to pray for all the ladies. I don't know what's happened to them all. <laughs> even, even Juanita couldn't hang out in here. She said, I'm out of here and walked downstairs. All right, we've got about 10 minutes before the second hour.